What up, what up, what up? What's going on? And welcome back to Between Two Posts with Kyle and Everett. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, my body's hurting a little bit from, I guess, what you could call vacation. It was just painful, though. We did a lot of surfing. And, oh, uh, really? Yeah, my first time. And honestly, I got to say, like, going into it, I had no idea whether or not, like, I don't, when you haven't ever tried something, you don't know where you're going to fit in. Yep. So I, when I stepped into the water, I could have not gotten on the board once or like completely killed it. And I was, I like the first time I went down, I think I got like on the board and like, like wrote it in. So I was, I was pretty happy, but it no also, way, dude, that's awesome. It's were a you, lot of fun. Were you able to get like a full stance or were you, were you one of those surfers that's like, when they're new, they're like chest down towards the board, parallel to the board. You mean like stand up? Yeah, like were you able to like stand upright, or were you, was your chest facing the board? Oh no! Like I was stand, I was standing. I was like, I was riding the waves. Like I was actually surfing. Name one pro pro surfer. Oh, I'll give you a hundred bucks. It's really. I'll give you a hundred bucks. Two Kelly seconds. Slater. One. Oh, <laughs> that's who I was thinking too, because there oh, was really? the video game, right? <laughs> Oh man. No, I didn't even honestly, think you'd know that one. It was, it, it's honestly a lot of fun. It's a huge workout, but then also like, I guess when you're not good, it's probably like skating. Like if you don't know how to skate and you, if you accidentally like don't know to like keep your weight forwards and you go backwards and you just crack your head on the ice. Like it's that, that was me surfing. Cause I don't know. There's probably a technique to like fall a certain way. Cause every time I fell, I was getting just pummeled by like the board and the waves and just my, my body's in pain right now, but. Well, you know what? You learned something new and you probably got some sweet Instagram photos, right? Um, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I've kind of been off the gram, but maybe, maybe it's time to make a comeback. If there's no pics, there's no proof. <laughs> I guess so. So, uh, in other news, um, the NHL, they came out with their formal statement. They dressed it up all real clean and nice. They've tested this many players. They have this many results coming back. Um, but I think when you hear about hot spots, like Arizona is a hot spot. Florida is obviously a hot spot. And cases increasing down in the south, you got to wonder, like, in those areas, are players going to have to come in contact? Is it going to be possible for these guys to get away from this and still play? And I'm not saying that, there's so many numbers that players are going to come in contact with all these people that might have it. But the fact of the matter is it's spreading pretty quick in some states and uh, some players already have come in contact with it. So how does this really play out in the long term of being able to get all the playoff teams on the ice, get guys training, do a camp, and then go into a playoff series? And then you got all the players and teams in two major hubs. Like, I don't know. What are your thoughts there? I honestly, I've kind of stopped trying to make sense of it because, um, you know, an hour down the road from us in Orlando, we have three like large professional sports leagues, like going into their next phase of playing games. And I, I saw like the Raptors coach said, like, they feel like it's a really safe environment. They're not worried at all, like all this stuff. And then over here, we're hearing like half the team has COVID and like, there's no chance of them playing. So, I mean, nothing I hear makes any sense. So I kind of just gave up on, I, I, there's not much hope for me to 
seeing the NHL continue, but I don't know. And just to make matters worse, I want to bring it up, Kyle. So it sounds oh, like oh, you're... Oh, let me bring this up. Let me bring oh, this up. Okay. I don't know if... I don't know if you're bringing this up. Please tell me you want to talk about the draft lottery. Oh, well, oh, I completely forgot about that. Don't, I don't want to talk about that. I just want to talk about how your season got canceled for your summer league. Oh, I mean, that's not, uh, yeah. I mean, our, our summer league got canceled sucks, but it, it honestly, I honestly don't even feel like bad anymore because I just remembered your, you know, obviously Detroit Red Wings born and raised. So I kind of want to, talk about this because i think this is the most rigged thing that's happened in a long time can you can you explain to me how a non well a playoff team a team competing competing for the stanley cup could walk away with the stanley cup and then come out with a first round draft pick can you explain that to me well yeah but they they clear the nhl clearly planned this like for just publicity and um, i don't even know i mean obviously people are talking about it but the fact that going into it like i think everyone was blindsided because at the end of the day it comes down to they're drawing these names and then i thought like oh the kings are the only one left in like for a chance and then all of a sudden they pull out this just nhl logo (laughs) they're like oh okay uh we're gonna decide from a team in playoff i don't even know but not only that it's not even like detroit got the second pick and this is it's not like they've been there they were bottom of the barrel and they walked away with number four are you kidding me that's like but it's, it's been outrageous like, like this isn't the first year like i feel like this has been just building and building and building and at this point like i don't know if you saw eiserman's interview but no, I I I, want, I tuned out after we received number four. I couldn't handle it. But you think about other Detroit picks and the way the Lions and the Tigers and the Stones have been. Like it's just it's been tough up here, man. It's been tough. Yeah. But it is Detroit what Detroit sports are not in their heyday right now. No, it's a it's a rebuilding, you know, time for the city in general. So we're all going to come out of this stronger and better than ever. Is the plan. <laughs> and then we'll go we'll go pick up another back-to-back cup run can't, That'd be can't get much worse from here so no i mean but the the issue is for the for hockey in general and hockey town whatever you want to call it in detroit we had it so good for so long you know we had the back-to-back cup run in the 90s and then we had some really really strong teams in the 2000s so you guys made, made the playoffs for like 15 years straight no it was more than that it's 22 more? Oh, all right. 20 oh. it was over 21 i think it was 22 years straight but with that being said here, um, the, the amount of Hall of Famers that we had that passed through, you know, the Joe, well, yeah, just the Joe, sorry, nothing in LCA, but Pavel Datsuk, Dominic Hasek, Nicholas Lidstrom, Zetterberg, like just to name a few, right? Stevie Y, um, the amount of success that they've had in those, you know, couple, uh, the 90s and the 2000s was just incredible. And leading yeah. into the teens, but now things are kind of falling apart. But that's what happens. You can only be so good for so long because money starts to play an issue, right? Yeah. And then if you're not getting draft picks, and then who you have scouting for you and the, the draft picks you are getting, are they panning out or not? So I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be interesting moving forward. But with yeah. Stevie at the helm, you know, a lot of people believe he's going to be the changer of all things because yeah. of what he did in Tampa. And you guys got to be a fan, right? Like, I mean, what did you think when he, he was in Tampa? Do you think he truly changed that organization? Or do you think there were well, a lot of things in works that helped out? He had a really interesting time here. Um, so I think it was him and 
St. Louis weren't getting along. So wait, seriously? Yeah, which always kind of to me raises some concerns when you have a a Hall of Famer and I think St. Louis was a captain at the time asked for a trade. Obviously, then he went to the Rangers, but like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean. It's hard to say if he put like all. Obviously, Tampa's an absolute wagon right now, so I don't know if how much Relax. of it was was him or guys before or guys after. Because in the NHL, I mean, I honestly have no idea of how long it actually takes to rebuild a team. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. How but, long uh, does it take for things to fall in line before you find success? It's, exactly. There's so many different things that have to. Uh, happen in terms of you know like you need draft picks to pan out because that doesn't always happen yeah um and then you got to have the right players come in you got to find right place right time you got to sell people on coming maybe to the city coming to the team for less money because you know when you're building a stanley cup team you're not always going to be able to buy everybody right cap space yeah um the other thing i don't know if you saw did you see what happened in buffalo uh oh yeah well they just cleaned house pretty much they, they cleaned house but like down through the minor leagues too yep so <laughs> I, I looked it up because i was like curious but their ahl like farm team had a like a great year yep. and they just they just gassed the entire like coaching staff like through the entire system every single scout like even the european scouts who like just have been in europe you know like come to america like once a year but they just kind of feed them and smell you later <laughs> yeah see ya <laughs> like see you never yeah i don't know man it's wild how that that just kind of shuts down but at the same time like we talked about it with different staffs and different things in the nhl that have acquired but if you're going to put somebody new in a head position they need to be able to pick their team so at the end of the day you can't have somebody that might be loyal to somebody else that was a part of this staff, or maybe they got bumped down this, that, or the other thing. You need a fresh staff that's going to look out and work together with their head guy. You know, they just have to have those things. That's not the right way to say it, but all the wheels have to be turning in the right direction and everybody has to have that same vision and you can't do it. with Some people that might have bitter feelings about what had happened. So, I mean, as much of a toss-up as it is, I think a clean slate with a whole new staff under one guy makes more sense. So I, yep. I'm, I totally understand it. But, yeah, for sure. I mean, at the, I mean, I guess we can go on for that for hours, but um, we can also get into our interview. So yeah, Hunter we, Shepard, <laughs> yeah, a beauty I've known since day one. Congratulations to the kid. Recently, just signed with the Hershey Bears, going to the AHL. Uh, I couldn't be more excited to see this going on. And like Shep said, I've known him since he he went to Grand Rapids in high school and then he went to Bismarck. And that's when I started dealing with him with his white, black, and gold V6 2000s when he was removing pinky and thumb loops, which just didn't make sense to me because I'm like, how do you grab the glove? But he's just like, it's just how I do it. Like Incredible kid and hilarious stories. And then not to mention two uh, national championships in the NCAA, which is uh, back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. The resume kind of speaks for itself. What do you think of him, Kyle? He's a he's an outdoorsman. Um, it was cool to kind of hear that side. He is also just a professional. Like you can tell talking to him that he's he's ready for for the next level. He's ready to take on, you know, a lot of playing time and just be a pro and handle himself. So it's it's always fun to pick guys' minds like that. Well, it was amazing when he got into talking about how many games he had played. And how many he was on pace for. Yeah. The, the guy hasn't stopped. 
since he got the net, he hasn't stopped. And I mean, walking away with, you know, like Cal Peterson, another captain, walking away being a captain as a goalie says a lot about you because not too many people ever get to to wear that C in the goaltending position. So you have to be one right place, right time, but you got to be the right guy. You got to have the team's trust, coaches trust. So I think it's pretty exciting to see what he can do next and see what he has to offer pro hockey and what pro hockey has to offer him. I think the other thing that's interesting, we were talking about it a little bit, is the situation in uh, the the Washington Capitals organization and their goalie depth because Holtz is up. So where do they take it from here? You got Ilya Samsonov, who's kind of the next guy. Copley, I think, still has time there, signed. And, you know, where can he end up in this situation? Could he find a spot on the AHL team right away, or does he end up in the coast? Uh, I guess we're going to have to wait and find out. So, I mean, it's it's crazy because you got to think he can easily ha- handle himself in the A. And I think the other interesting piece that will be is um, coming up relatively soon will be the expansion draft for Seattle. Yeah. And, you know, Pittsburgh and Washington are probably some of the more targeted teams who can only protect one goalie. I would think they're going to protect Holpe. Maybe Samsonov goes. I don't know. Or they move one or the other. Either way, it's hard to think that they're going to keep two strong goalies through an expansion draft. Absolutely. And I think the one thing that's really cool for us, because I think as long as you've been a kid, a lot of these goalies have been, I mean, we could just say the last five years, they've all been kind of in the same spots, you know? So what happens to a lot of guys that are up? You know, Matt Murray, I think he's in, he's at the end of his deal. So where does he end up going? I couldn't imagine seeing Braden Holt being anything other than a Caps jersey. But now, like but, you, you but talk then about, you th- I thought the same thing about Flurry too, though. Exactly. <laughs> see, we're we're man, we're dialed. You know that? Yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna take. So. This is like now you see Flower, who's a franchise guy for for Vegas. Um, it's kind of crazy to think, and that goaltending situation is also interesting because you got him, Laner, and Sparks, and Dansk. I think Dansk is Dansk is signed. I, I think Flower is up on his contract. I may be wrong. So that's a, like that's an auto, auto re resign. You know, like. Do you I think so though? Like, I mean, I I know he's still prime. Like we've obviously seen this. Um, Vegas. Here's the thing, Timmy. Vegas is Vegas. You know, it's it's a big. I'd say it's more of. Honestly, I'm not. I don't know how you describe Vegas. Sorry, what I'm, I'm trying incorrect. to say is, I just pulled it up. He still has. He's in year one of three of his contracts, so that means okay. they could dish um, Laner. But I don't know. You know, we got to watch these playoffs because playoffs, the way playoffs shake down and the way guys play in playoffs changes things completely. Because if you, you if you go on a tear, you're obviously not gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, because I think he's got the one year. So, do they keep Laner around? I, uh, I don't know. And then with all this going on with budgets and where players are at in terms of development, there's not a ton of new college goalies that are signing that you thought would have signed coming out of uh, this season. I don't know. I mean, it throws uh, definitely throws a curveball into the system. It'll be interesting to see how it, way yeah. it plays out. But sure. with that being said, Kyle, before I got on a tangent, there we got a great interview with Hunter Shepard from the great state of uh, Minnesota, the state of hockey, as they call it. I don't know about that, but 
He's up there from the uh, the Iron Range in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Just a good Minnesota boy, as some of the uh, Minnesotans would call him. So we'll send it over to him and catch you guys after. Standing at a solid six foot one inches, hailing from the great state of hockey, Minnesota, two-time NCAA champion, Hunter Shep Daddy Shepard. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Shep, how are you, buddy? Oh, uh, not too bad. Trying to, you know, stay busy, doing a lot of fishing and not a lot of anything else. So, <laughs> just getting out on the lake when you can, man. Um, that doesn't yeah. sound too bad, though. I mean, at least you're able and to get outside. You're not stuck. Don't in sound home. too excited, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you think? I don't think I'd ever thought I'd say I'm, I'm doing too much fishing, but it's getting there. So, especially coming from you too. That's a surprise. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, usually I don't have this much time to do it, but when you do it 12, 13, 14 days in a row and you start to lose count, then it's, it might be a little too much. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I never thought you'd say that, but uh, I want to get right into it. You're obviously a registered uh, Vietnam vet. You played back-to-back years in Bismarck. Um, what was your favorite uh, memory from the Vietnam? Uh, oh god, there's a lot of them. Uh, I mean, just playing in Bismarck, it was awesome. It was just a good fit for me because we were down at the rink every day by about noon, and so then you know, no job, no school. We kind of just had the rest of the time to go hunting, fishing. But I mean, my favorite memory was probably winning the Central Division Cup and and Game Five in in Bismarck against Austin. That's as far as the hockey stuff goes. That's definitely my best memory there. Did you guys used to pack that at Bismarck? Uh, the, the playoff games, it just to kind of depend if it was like a special night or like the playoff games. But that year we had a really good team. We had 14 age outs on that team. and Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, we won the Central Division. I mean, obviously, you know how it goes. Those, those little towns that uh, if you're winning, I mean, you're going to get a lot more fans. And I think that year especially, you know, we had a really good team. So generally it was pretty full. Yeah, that's awesome. I know Lane's a, Lane's a really good goalie coach there, too. What was it like working with him, even though he's your head coach? Uh, it was great, honestly. I think uh, it's surprising that you don't see, like for me at least, that you don't see more goalies as head coaches at higher levels just because, uh, I mean, it's such an important position. I think having a head coach there that really understood, you know, what, what the goalies are going through on a daily basis was uh, – it was huge for me, and I mean, I would text him every night, probably eight nine o'clock, say, "Hey, can you come out early tomorrow morning for two years?" And I don't think he said no one time. So, I just have that kind of person that has the knowledge and not trying to change everything about my game, just kind of work with what I have. I think that was a huge stepping stone to take my game from how raw it was in high school and helping me get a chance to play at the college level. Well, and I think from a coach's standpoint, when a kid asks you to get out early, you're never going to say no. Like, that's those are the kids you want, right? So you probably yeah. absolutely love that. Yeah, and I think uh, me and him got along really well, just like me and my goalie coach at UMD, Brandon Nicklin, have just for the fact that uh, out, out of the three of us, I mean, we're never like the tallest guys. So it's, uh, it's more of a compete thing than anything. And um, I think when you have two guys at that position that are working together that want to win as much as us three do i think that's a a large part of the reason it works so well 100 percent. so in your uh 15 16 year in bismarck 
according to Elite Prospects, you had 61 games played. How was that year? That was fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think I really planned uh, that. It's kind of a funny story. I, I think it was maybe probably a month or two into the season, and uh, I think he kind of told me, like, you're not going to play every game. And uh, <laughs> and I, I had to tell him, I was like, uh, like, for me, just personally, it's it's I mean it's not for everyone, but I personally think the more like the more I play, the better I play. Yeah. And I, I told him that I was like, I don't you know I don't need a night off, and I, it'd be sometimes after the Friday night game, uh, maybe we have a tough game, a lot of shots or something, and I would have to like text him because I knew he was thinking about giving me the night off the next night, and I just tell him, hey, like I'm ready to go tomorrow. I don't I don't need a night off, just so you know. So I think uh, that's part of the reason why we got along so well too is you know just. And that's the same thing. It's it's been for me at UMD is just being available to play has uh, I think been a huge part of of my success because once you get the net and you take it, you don't want to give it back to anyone. Well, you get into that groove, right? You start to feel comfortable. You start to really gel with the team too. And yeah, yep. You brought so, up yeah. like UMD. You played forty one games and then forty two in those championship seasons. And I mean, you were probably pacing to play just as many games this year too. Had you know everything not hit the fan. So. Yeah, I think it was like 115 in a row or something like that. Uh, so I mean, if you if you take out that's my wild. freshman year, take out my freshman year, I mean that's a and if you take out the freshman year, that that four years between my last year of juniors and the last three, that's like 170 something. That's like at this, I think at like this level. I mean, obviously the pro level, there's a lot more games being played and stuff, but that's that's yeah. a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't ever see that. <laughs> oh my god, games over the hundreds. So, that's unreal, man. Um now I remember when I first met you and we were starting to do your gear orders, the one thing I was always curious about was you always wanted the pinky and thumb loop removed. Like, is that a baseball thing or where did you pick that up? Uh so I don't know why, but I think in uh in like little league, my Knowing my family were played hockey, so my uncle and dad were big baseball guys, and and uh, the first like really really nice glove I got it was a Wilson uh, A2K. It was kind of like the A2000s, but it, they just came out with it, so it's a pretty expensive glove. My uncle got it for me for my birthday, so it's like the same like I'm like ten or eleven years old. It's the same size as like the pro guys were. Yeah. So <laughs> my hands were not big enough to like fit in this glove, right? Uh-huh. So. Uh, like I couldn't get my pinky finger into the the pinky hole, so I put my pinky and my ring finger together in the hole that your ring finger would go in, and I would put my thumb under the thumb loop, and oh. and I just like, when, even when I got to high school, like I could never get used to putting my fingers back in those holes because I was just so used to it, and so I literally played baseball my whole life with my like hand in my glove like that and so it, i think it was my f- first it might have been high school or my first year at juniors uh like i i used to when i'd order them like i couldn't get them special order back then like that so i would just cut the i would just cut the loops out so it's because i was so used to having my hand in the glove like that so when like when i did used to like squeeze it uh it just felt weird. Like it just like stretched my pinky out and stuff so much. I didn't like it. So I don't know. It's just kind of a thing that went from baseball to hockey and I haven't changed it since. Really? That's wild. <laughs> so you- 
over over the years, obviously you've had a ton of crazy accomplishments. Uh, high school goal of the year, NAW goalie of the year, and then back to back NCHC goalie of the years. What's been something that has helped you have all that success? I think just being uh, as competitive of a person as I am. I mean, obviously, I think like my athleticism and playing two sports all the way through high school and stuff was a big thing for me. But um, I mean, just competing and and knowing that the way that I play and the changes that I've made in my game, uh, there's not a lot of guys that do the same, like you know, the same kind of things that I do. But I think doing what works for me, regardless of what uh, what everyone else is doing, I think that's been a huge uh, part of my game. Um, just like believing in what I do, I don't have to like play like every other goalie uh, to be successful. And I think sticking with that from high school all the way to now has has been a big part of uh, why I've had success in it. I mean, obviously, going back to back is a nice little treat. On top of that, so whatever you're doing is clearly working, eh, Shep? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, that's a huge part of that's having you know the team that we've had the last couple of years, having that yep. same big group of defensemen for the last three years. Uh, that's been the funnest part. I think you know, juniors, you get you know one or two years with some of those guys, but you get to spend three, four years with uh, a group of guys and have the success that you have. Uh, it's really fun playing behind those guys because for a good you know amount of the time there, uh, I didn't have to do much. So I mean, and it, it does feel good though when they play so well in front of you for like that amount of time, and then you know you do have the games when uh, when you got to kind of make a few more saves than usual. It makes it extra special for sure. No, that's awesome. Now, I mean, you kind of talked about your compete level, but from what I've always heard from coaches and scouts is like your your work ethic is just like unmatched right now because I know I was talking to Aldrich, your strength guy, um, and he actually said he was working on trying to maybe slim you down a little bit because I heard after hockey and then your hockey like team workouts, you would still later on in the day go to the student gym and just keep lifting on your own. Is that true? That that was kind of back in the earlier days at UMD. Uh, I kind of started uh, in high school. I mean, we had a pretty nice weight room at the high school in Grand Rapids, and I think probably ninth or tenth grade, I started working out, you know, harder than a lot of kids at that age. Uh, kind of carried over into Bismarck. Uh, we had a, a gym that we worked out at in Bismarck that was probably like 10, 15 minutes on the other side of town, but then there was a YMCA that was literally in the parking lot of the rink. And so <laughs> I ended up getting a membership there because uh, we'd only work out like one or two days a week at the other place. And so the other days I would just go to the YMCA in the parking lot, like right after practice and work out there. Uh, and carried over into at UMD. I think my freshman year, I'd go to the student gym a little bit because I lived right on campus. Uh, but now I live uh, right across the Skywalk in an apartment from the Amsoil. So once everyone would leave for the day, I'd kind of sneak down there. And it's not bad. You have the whole place to yourself and kind of do whatever. <laughs> yeah, you just sneak back in and it's your gym at that point, right? Yeah, that's pretty nice. Um, now, I wanted to fact check this because I was trying to figure it out, but I remember sitting at Top Prospects, we were talking. That was your 20 year, your like overager year, right? Yeah. Now, were you pretty much uncommitted up until Top Prospects? I didn't I didn't commit until after so like we played Brookings in the first round of the playoffs my last year 
And as soon as the get or on Sunday morning after we played at home on Saturday night, I flew to Duluth for two days and then Colorado College for two days and then got back to the airport in Bismarck and drove to the rink just in time to like pack my gear and get on the bus to go to Brookings for the Friday night game. <laughs> and I committed to Duluth that day. So it was pretty crazy. I mean, that they probably had the leg up on CC just because that's close to home for you, right? Yeah, I mean, it's an hour and 15 minutes from my house. And that's still have both sets of my grandma and grandpa's and aunt and uncles all up there. So that was a huge part of it. And them being able to come to all the games the last four years has been pretty special. Well, especially because you're playing in all of them too, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like the last three years, really fun. Freshman year is probably – that was probably the hardest year I've had hockey-wise in my career. I mean, coming from a small town in Minnesota and then getting to play all the games in, in Bismarck for the most part, uh, never really had to sit and watch before. But I think for any young goalie, that that year probably taught me more than – than any of the years playing so really yeah i mean well we had a really good team that year too and getting to watch hunter miska in front of me that year i mean i uh, learned a lot from him and being able to work with brant and get shots from those calibers of shooters and practice all year i think took my game to another level when i did get a chance to really play i didn't feel out of place at all so that kind of that freshman year teed you up for the success you had afterwards. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, th I think, uh, I mean, for me, staying in high school all four years, playing as long as I couldn't juniors, and and staying in college all four years. I think when I've moved to the next level, I've been ready. And I think, uh, I mean, you see a lot of goalies, younger goalies, or players that you know, jump to the next level too soon. Sometimes that can be, I mean, it can be the quickest way to get to where you want to go, but it can also be the quickest way to be, get your like career off track. So I think uh, that was kind of the big thing in my thought process of the whole thing was just, I'd rather be overripe than underripe whenever I go to the next level. Absolutely. Just take that extra time to develop since you have the time, right? Yeah. Um, but you did uh, you did bring up Miska, and I wanted to ask about this because we got the story from Garns. I think it was your freshman year. You had you had a spare mask that you needed to drive down to the cities to get painted, right? Oh, and gosh, no. I uh, I guess was it Miska's <laughs> car you took, and it had his golf clubs in it. The mask. No, it was it was my car, and I okay. had his golf clubs, my brother's golf clubs, and the helmet in my oh, car no. and the, my car got broken into <laughs> so oh, both no. sets of golf clubs and they must have been trying to carry both sets of golf clubs and the mask and everything and they like dropped the mask and and someone found it and somehow like got it back to me so i got the mask but we we're out two sets of golf clubs which sucks for him but i don't i'm not much of a golfer so it probably was a good thing for me <laughs> so did you have to have to uh did you ever have to pay miska and your brother back for those no i think he was fine once he signed he probably picked up a nice pair so uh, <laughs> he should be okay but i'm just glad i got the mask back yeah i uh garn said he thinks they dropped the mask just because they were walking around with it and they realized they can't do anything with it so they just kicked it to the curb yeah that's uh, that was good for me because i'm sure it wasn't cheap yeah it all worked out there 
Um, now, I, obviously, you go back to back. You're playing all those games. We kind of already discussed it, but uh, I remember seeing afterwards you got to uh, you got to throw out the opening pitch at a Twins game. And I know you're a huge baseball guy, so like, how <laughs> sick was that? Uh, that was pretty awesome because I think the la- the two before that, Hoagie uh, threw out the first pitch of both of those, and uh, our hockey operations guy, Christian Kellen, had texted me probably a week before, week or two before, and he's like, hey, would you want to throw out the first pitch? I was like, yeah, sure, that'd be sweet or whatever. And, uh, so we, we get there, and they have a like a like the legit jersey with my name on the back and everything and a hat and I put it on and I'm like oh like I'm I thought it wasn't gonna be a big deal like you know there's there's a decent amount of people there yeah and I'm getting a little nervous so we're not we don't have why my glove and so me and one of the guys were kind of just throwing a few like down the left field line just so like you know get a few in before I get up there (laughs) and you get you like you know sometimes there, there are a decent amount of people that throw those pitches like they don't throw them actually like from up on the mound they'll like be you know kind of up a little bit yeah they're a few feet in and uh, whatever I, all the guys are like right behind the thing with their phones out and i'm like oh god because <laughs> you know like they expect me to at least like throw throw a decent pitch so it's, it was kind of a lose-lose for me because out of like the guys on the team probably the most into baseball yeah you know from that group of guys and uh a little bit of nerves and i don't ever do the full wind up and throw on in there like pretty good pretty good pitch you know i think it would have been a strike right, right at the knees and it was good because i think if i wouldn't have, if i would have like bounced on in there or something i don't think i would have ever lived it down oh absolutely not because you're the baseball guy you're up at the top of the mound and like you everybody wanted to see the heater right <laughs> yeah oh yeah but and i, I forget Oh, go ahead. I saw the jersey and the hat. Like, how unreal was that? They hooked you up clean. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Uh, I don't know. I never thought of a twins name. A twins jersey is my name on the back, but uh, that'll probably go up on, in a frame someday when I'm older. But it's just hanging in the closet right now. That's awesome, man. So then, this year, your senior year, you uh, you got to rock the sea as a goalie, which isn't something we see a whole lot. So. Uh, what was that like? Do you kind of take a different approach to maybe handling the room, or as a goalie, do you just kind of, you know, head down and work and lead by example? Uh, honestly, uh, for me, it's just more of a lead by example kind of thing. Uh, just sticking to my routine and all that kind of stuff. I think that's what makes the guys trust you at that position. Uh, I, I was see my senior in high school, and I was a captain in Bismarck my last year. But really, they didn't put a, a letter on it on the jersey, which is what a, it's not a big deal. But uh, so I've been at, at other levels, obviously at UMD, they haven't had a goalie wear a, a letter since the 70s. So just having the guys in the room and the coaching staff uh, think that it was pretty special. Um, not a guy that's going to sail out in the locker room or anything like that, but uh, I kind of save it for the times when we need it because. Uh, you, know, you kind of think you get to that point uh, at your time at UMD where if I did have something to say, I feel like the guys uh, would listen, but um, saying stuff all the time wasn't really my thing. So just saving it for the right times, I think, was definitely important. Yeah. 
sure. Yeah, it's one of those situations where, like, because you're respect, obviously being a senior, but having the uh, you know and the accolades, you're gonna get respect. But I think the way you carry yourself and the work ethic you have, it's seen by everybody in the room. So your 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 word carries weight, right? So when the time comes, you know what you do need to say when you want to set guys in line, they're gonna listen. Um, but <laughs> I got I I asked Ben Pat for a fun story from you. And uh, apparently you used to live in the basement of one of the hockey houses, which now he lives in. But he yeah. wanted me to ask you about mm-hmm. all the Taco Bell and Arby's fast food <laughs> bags he found down there. Those, yeah, I don't know who those are, but I don't know how they got there, but they, they couldn't be mine, I'll tell you that. Oh, okay. So we're full, full on denying those were yours. Played, played the fifth on the fast food <laughs> addiction. That is, I'll have to just... Maybe push that one to the side for for another time. What's your uh, favorite Minnesota fast food? Because I know out there you guys got noodles and uh, Culver's and a few things that the rest I mean, of the country doesn't have. I think personally Culver's has the best burgers. That's my personal opinion. I think uh, you kind of you I mean you go down south there to California where they have In and Out or whatever they call it down there. Gross. Uh, Culver's is good, man. They got they have the butter burgers. Uh, yeah, the butter burger. <laughs> uh, you got to stay away from those. But um, <laughs> whenever we go fishing, I think me, and Maddie Anderson, Dylan Sandberg, and my, my roommate, uh, whenever we go fishing or hunting, we usually make a stop at Culver's on the way home. So pretty good. Yeah, once you guys, man. once you guys reel in like twenty fish or like you bring in fifteen ducks or whatever it is, like every time you go out, you have these huge kills. You throw a little celly party at uh, at Culver's, right? Nothing wrong with that. No, but I mean, I think between the one and uh, the one and two harbors and the one by the mall in Duluth, we kept them in pretty good business the last couple of years. That's for sure. <laughs> Handful of burgers, couple concrete mixers, you're good to go. <laughs> Seriously. That's awesome. Um, so I've been waiting to hear this, and I, I figure this is the best time to ask. But Waffle Gang, what's the story on this one? Well, uh, I think, well, so my uncle that lives in Bolvie, Minnesota, uh, he always had this saying, uh, he'd ask if we wanted to go fishing or if we wanted to do something, and um if we weren't like for hundred percent in, like if we're saying, Oh, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I want to go or not. And he, if you didn't really know, if you couldn't make up your mind, he'd say what you're, you're waffling. And, <laughs> and so, uh, I, I started saying this way too much. Like I was just like, I think it was my sophomore year. Like I wouldn't stop staying in the locker room and, and I tell guys whatever, like, you know, when, whatever it comes to being on ice, you know, you, you better not, better not be waffling you better be all in so we you know we were all in so that was kind of our inside joke and uh it kind of you know that was that was our thing so uh me me peter krieger and jared thomas and kobe roth uh that was i mean that was our thing we're the waffle gang and me kobe roth and jared thomas we'd go to sushi at hanabi in, in duluth every uh tuesday so I mean, I was just those three, four guys. I think kind of started that, and now Kobe Roth is the last one left. So he's got he's got to carry it on next year. But if he doesn't, it, it might be over. 
Oh, come on. That's like, that's got to be the culture at UMD. You're either all in, you're all out. Waffle game yeah. for life, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, was, that, was, that was fun. I mean, uh, yeah, no, it got a little out of control. I think we, we were saying it a little too much, but it, it, uh, it's, it definitely <laughs> stopped, that's for sure. Oh, man. That's awesome. I mean, that's your, that's your take on the culture there. That's you. It, the, the, the nice thing is, is honestly, I don't think a lot of people, they don't get what that means. So, um, that was the special part of it, I think, was just it being a thing between the guys in the room. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, that's it, it, it creates that little bit of bond that you guys have. And then hopefully your boy carries it on there with the, the next group of guys. Um, but, obviously, now we've brought this up here, uh, Shap, that you're huge into hunting, fishing, catching anything you can. Um, but based on your Instagram, have you ever gone out and, like, not caught anything or had a bad oh. day? Yeah, that's you don't post those days though. That's the, that's the key to it because you post the good days and you know that that's with anything though. Like I mean, I watch I follow a few guys on YouTube that you know are professional fishermen or you know have hunting shows and stuff like that. And um, the guys that make TV shows uh, for hunting and fishing, like it, sometimes like it might take you three, four, five times out to like get a decent show put together. So really, definitely, definitely not. You're definitely like not going out uh, every day and and really getting into them, whatever it is. But when you go enough, you're gonna you know you're gonna have days like that. So it's pretty fun. Oh, I mean that it totally makes sense. But I'm obviously not huge into that. But I didn't realize it would take three or four outings to actually put together a whole show. Oh, uh, it just depends. It just depends. Honestly, uh, you got to go enough and you know find spots and. And when you do find spots, you can't tell people about them because up here there's a lot of people that hunt fish, and uh, if they do, they usually don't last very long. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are the the place of one thousand lakes, right? Yeah, it's our well, it's ten thousand supposedly. Oh. I haven't counted them. But... <laughs> we'll have to get an official count here soon. <laughs> I'm trying to. I just tried googling, but I can't think of the guy's name. So this might not be any use for me to bring up but did you ever see the youtube video of that fishing guy uh he had his own show but he never cussed but he would always like fall into the boat or he'd be dropping shit in the water but jimmy big time is that him he's hilarious i used to watch those videos all the time and bill dance maybe oh no no it is it's bill dance (laughs) (laughs) oh he's hilarious I would watch all his things where he's like dropping things out of the boat. He falls in the water. What a yeah, beauty. Yeah. It's, he's from down south somewhere. Always, always wears that Tennessee hat. Big Tennessee boy. Um, now, Shep, we got a few uh, final ones here for you. These ones are more funny, lighthearted. Um, but the one thing I've always wanted to visit in Minnesota, and I every time I'm there, my pattern for Minnesota is I fly an MSP. I drive up to Blaine, I go to the Schwann Super Rink, I sit down there, and then I sit there for like five hours, go go to the hotel, come back, do it again the next day, and then fly out. So Minnesota to me is Blaine, the Schwann Super Center. But the state fair at Minnesota, I've heard from everybody I talk to that's from there, is something you got to see. Now, what is your favorite food at the state fair? Honestly, I've only been to the state fair once or twice oh really uh, yeah i mean it, it's not really in my neck of the woods so that's true it's a bit of a track to get down there but uh it is a it is a big thing uh 
food wise, you know, they got everything there. I mean, you like corn dogs, funnel cake. The big thing is those cookies. They're they're like the big bucket of chocolate chip cookies. Uh, those are good. I don't, I don't know what exactly uh, they're called, but uh, when people go, it's always that you see on their snap stories and stuff like that. So I've had those. Those are good. I would recommend those for sure. So Berkey's brought that up, and he says they give you like 50 little cookies in a bucket that are like hot, and then they'll give you a glass of milk to wash it down, and he says it's one of the best things ever at the yeah. Minnesota <laughs> State Fair. They're unreal. They're so good. They are pretty good. Kyle, so, have you been? Yeah. You went to the state fair? Yeah, we lived in Minnesota for like five years. So no way. I had no idea. You didn't know that? Yeah. No. Um, all right. Well, well back to uh, my question then. Are you a, a fan of the old MOA or new MOA? The old MOA or the new Have you MOA? seen that? Like the, the uh, Mall of America, they used to have the – it used to be – like the Snoopy theme park, and then they redid oh, okay. the entire thing. So it's just yeah. like I think it's Nickelodeon now. So okay, yeah. Honestly, I have a funny story about that. Uh, so like growing up, Patrick Law, he was, he was my idol, like yep. favorite goalie. And uh, there was I don't know if you remember it. Uh, the the ride they had there was called the Axe. I I I. It was basically sure it basically was a, just a huge like axe and the seats were in like the head of the axe. Yeah. And it like literally like swing you in like like a three sixty like all the way around. What? Yeah, it was crazy. And <laughs> that I'm, like, sound I'm safe. like Yeah. And I'm like super, super afraid of heights and have been since I was a little kid. And my I I wanted this this uh you know those vintage Colorado jerseys where it says like Colorado diagonally across the yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, I was like, I want for like Christmas. I want one of those, a Patrick Wall one. And my dad goes, if you go on that <laughs> ride, I'll get it for you. They had one there in one of the stores there. And he's like, if you go on that ride, I'll get it for you right now. And I still, I still wouldn't go on it, but <laughs> I think I ended up getting the Jersey for Christmas or something. So that, that's, that's good. So, so Ab, you've seen Mighty Ducks, right? The original yeah. one? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, when they skate through the mall, that's Mall of America. Like, the, yeah, it's, I honestly, I like this because I had been there quite a few times when I was younger. Uh, like the you ever ride the Paul Bunyan Log Street one? Yeah, that's still there. Yeah, yeah that one's still there. But I, I like the Snoopy one. Obviously, the place is probably a nicer now with everything they've done to it and stuff. But if so I had to choose just because I've had like good memories there as a kid. I I kind of like the Snoopy theme myself. That's well, a good I wanna I wanna take a shot at the uh, that axe ride. That sounds like that's something. I don't that, think, you I do think they got rid of that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one probably had a lot of safety issues. Where now yeah. you got a lot of more mandatory uh, safety mm-hmm. things that people got to follow. That sounds mm-hmm. like a wild time though. Um, <laughs> that's too funny. But yeah, I had no idea that that was the mall that they skated through. But that uh, that makes sense now. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the movie, it's the the Snoopy one. I I was always a fan of the Snoopy theme park. The the new ones, I don't know. You, you just gotta see it, I guess, to compare them. Yeah. But Mall of America. Now I know Birkenstocks are a huge Minnesota stereotype. Would you consider those cool, Shep, or uncool? Bir- what's a what's a Birkenstock? See, so then they're uncool. Then they're well, they're, no they're the they're, Jesus sandals. Yeah, Jesus sandals with the two buckles. Oh, okay. Uh, 
honestly never owned a pair. That might be more of a city thing. So Yeah, those city slickers down south, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought they were more of a Canadian thing, but it I'm, could be. I honestly I I just for the fact that I had no clue what they were probably yeah. tells you a little bit. <laughs> um Oh then, here here we go. Big this is one of, the, of our bigger questions. Uh coffee. Caribou, Tim's or Duncan? Up here, I'd say probably caribou. Uh, we have a bunch of those up here. Uh, don't have we don't have a Tim's in Duluth. We Seriously? have a Duncan. We have a Duncan. I think I've only been there maybe once or twice. That's good. Uh, it's trash anyway. Honestly, the the quick trips. These they have they have quick trips in the cities. It it's like this gas station that we have up here. They're super nice. They actually have really good coffee. There's one. Uh, last year where I lived, I was right on the way to the rink, and I literally stopped there every morning. They have, they have pretty good coffee there, I think. Wow, total curveball there. Yeah, gas station coffee takes the Car- Caribou Caribou's good, though, too. It's just, uh, yeah. I had a really bad habit, I think, uh, last year. I'd stop that gas station, and they have these old-fashioned, like, glazed donuts there. And, I, and one morning, <laughs> I, I grabbed one and a coffee on the way to the rink, and I had – like my best practice of the year. And so, oh, no. you know, me being superstitious, I think from like the last two months of the season through the playoffs, I had to stop and get a donut and a coffee every day on the way to the ring. That was not a good habit. <laughs> <laughs> so you're superstitious then? Uh, I mean, a little bit. I think uh, I don't necessarily probably doesn't help you, but it's more of a mental thing than anything. Do you have a, a habit currently that you've been doing this season maybe? Uh, I mean, I've had the same like pregame routine basically since I was probably 13 or 14 years old. So I think it's changed a little bit over time, but, uh, I think goaltending especially, it's so mental and such a confidence thing that if you do something once and it works for you, whether, I mean, that's really probably not the reason why you played good or not, but, uh, just thinking that it does, I think is is a huge advantage for right. any goal of your player. So, and it, I mean, it just puts you at ease, right? It's that mental ease of like, yeah. okay, like I got everything going, I got my routine, we're good, we're good, we're moving forward. Yep. Now, um, this one is a weird one. I googled. So everywhere in the world, you call it duck, duck, goose. Do you play duck, duck, gray duck? No, and honestly, I've been asked that a lot from people that aren't from Minnesota, but. I think that might be more like a southern Minnesota thing. Okay. Because just growing up like in elementary school and stuff, we, it was always duck, duck, goose for us up here. Yeah, that was the weirdest thing I had read on uh, on Minnesota stereotypes. I'm like, what's a gray duck? <laughs> yeah, I don't really know, to be honest. And then my last stupid question here, Shep, is what is a hot plate? A hot plate? Yeah. Do you have any idea? Is there any other hot dish? Hot no. dish. Is that what it's called? Yeah, hot dish. yeah. It's, it's a hot dish. Yeah, it's like uh, my mom and my grandma. They make this thing. It's called uh, tater tot hot dish. Yeah, tater tot hot dish. <laughs> and it's got like mashed potatoes in the bottom, and then there's like it's like hamburger gravy and corn, corn. and then the top is just like layered in tater tots, and you put it in the oven and bake it. As put some ketchup on there, it's oh, dynamite. Wow, I'm starving now. That sounds yeah. so good. <laughs> no, but but Ev, the thing is, I think for whatever reason, like it's 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 overused. Like when we were in Minnesota, 
you eat you have hot dish probably like five nights out of the week <laughs> yeah oh. there's there's all kinds it's like uh like spaghetti and sometimes instead of making spaghetti like you just put it in a big pan and <laughs> like put it put it in the oven and it's like spaghetti hot dish or anything it's just you can make hot dish you just basically throw a bunch of stuff in a pan put it in the oven for 25 30 minutes and that's whatever it is and it's a hot dish at the end hot dish hot dish got a hot dish coming up <laughs> um well Shep, that's all i got for you buddy i appreciate you taking the time and hanging out with us uh moving forward obviously going into the next year i want to wish you best of luck and we're really excited to where to see where things pan out for you but thanks yeah, again thanks. for the time buddy yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for hopping on. Looking forward to some more sick graphics too. We didn't even get to yeah, go into sure. that. But. Yeah, you, guys, you guys take care. Thanks a lot. Thanks again to Shep Daddy, a.k.a. Hunter Shepard. Um, great interview. Beauty of a guy. and uh, Can't wait to see what he does this upcoming uh, season if we ever get to it. Yeah, and I'm sure if there is a season, he'll be looking pretty sick in his gear. So. He's already been asking for round two, and I'm like, man, once you get in your you know, pro season, we'll meet halfway, maybe Christmas time, and we can uh, touch base. But his style is always disgusting. But I forgot to bring this up, Kyle. What do you think about this new pig flu we're all supposed to get now? Have you seen this? No, I haven't heard of that. What is it? I don't know. It's a CNN article everybody on Facebook sharing. I just have been too scared to read it. But apparently overseas, there's a flu that can spread and convert quickly. Currently, pigs have it, and it can create another pandemic. So if coronavirus doesn't get you, a.k.a. the COVID-19, a pig flu will. We used to have bird flu. This is different from swine flu. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen next. You know, maybe this podcast won't make it past, uh, you know, the year 2020. Maybe we're a one-year one year deal. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just looked it up. Kind of interesting. This one, uh, I guess it was discovered in China. China. Yep. So something's fishy. Something fishy's going on over there, Rev. I don't know. Maybe they got word of the, the booming success we're having. <laughs> and they're just trying to keep us down. Yeah. So. I don't know. This is getting crazy. So, and? We, uh, I forgot about this, but we need to announce the winner for the t-shirt contest. Oh, yeah. It fell apart last Friday because I had, uh, had a busy day, had a meeting with the U S retail side for Vaughn and then things got out of whack and I had some stuff to do Had a birthday party for Rhea this past Saturday. That was a total success. So I, oh, nice. uh, I got to get back on the horse and make sure we get that t-shirt and some swag out to somebody. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So don't be, f don't forget to subscribe follow uh rate leave us comments figure out who we should interview next uh share our posts give us a little support a couple stick taps here and there and we'll uh we'll keep this pod rolling all right for sure kyle it's been great and uh i'll see you soon see ya